The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I say this every week, but if you hear just a slight humming in the background, it's just now like a beautiful white noise. It is just the sound of my computer, which really should not be struggling as much as it is because it is June. So what are yeah. you going to be doing, computer, when we get to October and we're yeah. in the thick of a seat football, volleyball season, you name it. But today, here we are. Today is the day. Today is the day, and it's always <laughs> when we get to record this podcast, so it's fine. Sasha, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good place today. Like, I woke up, didn't feel, like, sometimes I feel like I, I put way too much pressure on myself. And I'm like trying not to do that, like enjoy the moment type of thing. So yeah, I'm good. How are you? I've been, I'm, I'm good. My anxiety is at an all time high right now. I can't tell you why. Uh, I think part of it is the atmosphere, the universe, uh, just, it is what it is. I, we had like this beautiful day. It was like 75 degrees. Yeah, Great. Like perfect. Spent outside. time outside. Problem is, whenever the weather swings like that so drastically, my both my allergies and my migraines flare up. Yeah. And uh, if anyone wants to know what anxiety will do to you, um, my like left side of my face is where I get my migraines. Yeah. And my left gland is like swollen too. So like I can tell it's all like related. It's all the same thing. It's allergies. It's all of this stuff. Yeah. However, what I recommend is do not turn on the news and have them start talking about the COVID mm. Delta variant where they're saying that this variant is more uh, prone to give you headaches. Uh, runny nose, basically everything that I was experiencing uh -huh. because of my allergies. So then, of course, despite the fact that I'm vaccinated, I was convinced that I have somehow contracted this Delta yeah. variant of COVID. And so anyway, that is what anxiety does. It helps you spiral into things that probably aren't true, but... I felt bad this morning because I legitimately had a little chuckle when you sent me that message because I know what that's like and it sucks so bad. I was like, I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. Like, not only do you just like not feel like a hundred percent, but then to, yeah, you throw anxiety on top of that and it just sucks. Especially when like the news and like, y'all, I've been trying really hard to like stay, but like if you... If you are somebody that is on the fence about getting vaccinated, mm. get vaccinated. Um, please, please, please. Yeah. Um, I I think a lot about um, just these variants and how the vaccines are holding up against them for the most part. But mm -hmm. like at the same time, like I just don't want to see anyone get sick. Like I just right. don't want to see anyone unnecessarily get so sick that like 
their plans are like, I want mm-hmm. you to be able to live your life, enjoy your life. And like, I hear a lot of people who are like, I just want to live and I just want to do this stuff and I shouldn't have to like care. And it's like, yeah, I, I, you and I actually want the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we won't go on a tangent about that, but long story short, I turned on the news and of course, that was what they were talking about. And I'm like sitting there and they're like, you know, it's headaches. I'm like, oh no. And they're like, and runny noses. I'm like, I think my nose is running just a little bit. <laughs> so like, I totally did that thing where I talked to myself. The, web, the like, WebMD thing. Like, don't yes, check it. which those are my favorite tweets is the person who's like, I went to WebMD to see what it is. And it's like, you're either dying or it could just be like, you know, yeah. allergies. And it's like, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, chronically have, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. I just, have, I call it puppy dog nose. Mm. It's always just like, feels like it's running and it drives me freaking crazy um but when we were in the like smack dab in the middle of of this pandemic I was just like oh my god oh my god every move it's it's happening no it's not my nose does this every single day in the morning specifically (laughs) I sneeze a lot yeah the whole thing just love it love being humans love having just like anxiety like Uh it's just fine yeah it's great oh it's been it's been another big week mm-hmm. uh, in in sports. Uh, I, this hopefully isn't news to anyone at this point. Hopefully you've seen it, whether on Twitter or just really anywhere. Yeah. Um, but we talk a lot about representation on this podcast. And I think, yeah. you know, the further we have gone with this podcast, that is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. Because when whenever, by the way, whenever I'm told to stick to sports, whenever we are told to People stick to sports, it's that? usually... Yeah. It's usually surrounding something where I'm talking about, um, I mean, it's just, it's literally like any, uh, social justice issue and how it does or does not affect sports, which it's 99% of the time affecting Mm -hmm. sports. Um, but whenever, whenever we're told to stick to sports, it's surrounding that. And so of course, whenever somebody, uh, any kind of news breaks, you get all of those different comments and reactions i think i've muted enough people where i don't necessarily always see them but i'm sure they're being said to me right but on monday carl nasib he nasib i i just i've listened to his name um and i just totally botched it carl nasib that is his pronunciation so if you hear anyone else say it differently i've listened to him say it and i even it's fine he became the first active nfl player to come out as gay uh, he shared he shared a video on Instagram and a message basically saying, hey, everyone, um, this is basically my truth. This is who I am. And it is Pride Month. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's very timely within that. But he also made the announcement that he was going to donate one hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor Project. They are um, an organization that provides crisis intervention services to LGBTQ plus um, individuals. And that was a part of his announcement. And obviously he immediately was met with a ton of support. Mm -hmm. I retweeted JJ Watt who said, good for you, Carl. Glad you feel comfortable enough to share. And hopefully someday these type of announcements will no longer be considered breaking news. Um, Carl went to Penn State. For anybody who is a Big Ten fan, you may be familiar with him. He now plays for the Raiders. I am right in saying the Raiders. Yes, yes. By the way, I have to be, yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. I have to be careful because similar to the Chargers, Mm. I always want to say the Oakland Raiders, but it is now the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, It's one of those things where uh, 
it was immediately met with a lot of celebration, people who were excited for Carl to live in his truth, to be able to be very open. Because the thing is, before we dive into sort of the complexity of this, and Mm -hmm. it's not complex what he announced. I want to be clear on this. I'm talking about the complexity of the response. Yes. Um, There are a lot of young people out there now but let me even take one step back. There are a lot of just people mm-hmm. of all ages who now realize what's possible for them because they see somebody who is like them. Yep. Just like when we talk about women in sports and that representation, and if you can see it, you can be it. There is a, there are children out there right now who, who know in their hearts that they are gay or they are you know, whatever, mm-hmm. something, you know, they feel that they are not welcome in a space because they haven't seen it right in that space. The, the NFL has a lot of locker rooms with a lot of people on their rosters. You cannot tell me that there's only one person that right. is, that identifies as LGBTQ plus. You cannot tell me. I have long had these thoughts with college football locker rooms, with NFL locker rooms, not even that across the board. doesn't matter. Basketball doesn't matter if it's a women's locker room, a men's locker room across the board. You cannot tell me that these teams do not have individuals within them who, who are gay, who are bisexual, who are, it just, it's, it's just not possible. Right. I'm not doing a very good job explaining this, but no, I, I see, I know what you're, I know exactly what you're saying. Like it, but, it's kind of like that, um, that analogy where you can't <laughs> expecting to dip a cup in the ocean and not have like so many particles of sand or whatever is like over glossing the fact that there are plenty of people in these locker rooms, regardless of sport that are not comfortable or have not been comfortable coming out and identifying as one, a part of the LBGTQ plus community because they haven't seen it. Right. And I mean, the thing is, is we find out after the fact about players who come forward and say, um, yeah, I, I was, I, I am gay. Yeah but I didn't feel comfortable sharing that when I was a part of a team. And I do feel like this is really prominent in men's sports. I feel like women have been more comfortable sharing their truth. Uh, I feel like women's locker rooms have been more open and welcome. That's not to say that they haven't been met with their own, their own challenges and it hasn't been easy, but I think you've had more representation from women than you've had from men. And so that is what, when someone like Carl Nassib, what he is doing is going to, show a world of people what's possible. So you have, you know, he, he played with Saquon Barkley at Penn state and he tweeted how he was proud of him. James Franklin, who I just want to point out, James Mm. Franklin has been in my opinion, sport, like the sports aside, I don't care what you think about him as a coach when it comes to how he has supported his players, both through everything um, following over the last year, when it comes to supporting his players around um, their response to COVID-19 his, his support and very openness to speaking up for his players on black lives matter. Um, Now when he comes out and because like, this is his statement, Carl's brave announcement will forge a path for others to be true to their authentic self. I was proud of Carl when he led the nation in sacks, but I'm even more proud of him now. I, I commend James Franklin because I feel like if I, and 
here's the thing. Maybe there are athletes who feel differently that have actually had him as a coach. So I don't want to like speak if somebody had a different experience, but from my perspective, like James Franklin seems like he is a coach that has his players back, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter who you love, no matter anything. It seems like he is very comfortable and confident and he's got your back. You can be mad at James Franklin. He does not care. I've had the opportunity to meet him a number of times and he has always been very lovely and gracious and kind. So it feels like this all matches up Mm -hmm. for me again, understanding that like, I don't want to take away anyone else's potential experience with him. We all have different experiences with humans. I just, I am so excited for what this could mean for the NFL because the NFL has historically not been kind. When we talk about Black Lives Matter and the fact that Colin Kaepernick has been basically, um, you know, still isn't on an NFL roster. And like you think of like what he had to go through and the, the reality that the NFL is getting better in that space. Mm -hmm. It's still frustrating when you look at how someone like Colin Kaepernick was treated, but he has paved a pathway for more inclusivity. It's not perfect, but it's at least it's, it's a, he, it's a step. It's a step. And he is a big reason for that step. I Carl Nassib is going to be a big reason for that step. Now I would be remiss and I want to be very clear about this because this is something that I've seen the conversation on. Yes. We need to talk about Michael Sam, too. He was the first Mm -hmm. openly gay player who was drafted in 2014. He was released during the preseason. So when we talk about first actively open player on an NFL roster, that is where Carl. But what Carl is doing today is made possible because of someone like Michael Sam. Mm -hmm. If Michael Sam hadn't lived his truth, it would not have been. But the thing is, is I don't like to compare too much. Like I've seen people who want to say you know, the thing is, is like Michael Sam absolutely matters in this conversation. He, by the way, has actually already spoken out about this and said how proud and happy he was for uh, Carl to be able to live his truth. Mm -hmm. But I don't want people to take away from one because of the other. These are the things is like when JJ Watt said, hopefully these things eventually don't have to become news it's not because we shouldn't care about them it's because it should be normal it shouldn't be a big deal it should be a thing where it's like cool you love who you love yes exactly and when i say normal i always do air quotes people can't see me and i forget that but like (laughs) the idea of normal like it shouldn't be like a shocking thing or or something that like leads the the evening or morning news like that's what we're talking about here where it's like oh this happened and it's not like the thing that leads into the news. Um, like a normal conversation. It's like, oh, sweet. Cool. Like, you know, I it didn't just, say that very well either. <laughs> I, well, no. And I, I mean, I try, I, I'm trying to be very like, I'm trying to, I, I, I've been doing what I can to listen because I mm. do want to say, I don't want to speak over any, um, I've, I've seen a number of, uh, I've seen a number of black people speak up about this and say, you know, Michael Sam deserves so much better. And because not only was he openly gay, but he also was a black man stepping into the NFL. And there was so much that was going against him that like, even aside from whether you felt his play matched what he did or not, or anything else, I, I, 
Michael Sam should have made an active roster. I will happily, I will happily stand up and say that like, I'm not, I get that there are people who are arguing on Twitter about like, well, he didn't do this or didn't do that. And so he didn't deserve to make an active roster. But the thing is, is there are a lot of players who are not as talented as him. Similar when you think of someone like Colin Kaepernick, there are a lot of people who somehow managed to stay within the NFL. And these, um, these athletes were not allowed to stay mm-hmm. for whatever reason may have presented themselves. And I'm, I, I, I can already hear the person who's like, stop making it about race, stop making it about this, but it's really hard not to at least point it out. And I can, I think that like a lot of times we need to step back and at least hear people when yeah. they say, Hey, this thing seems suspicious. It stands out to me, especially when it's somebody who has a different world experience, different worldview than you, because even if you maybe don't understand, and I want to point out, when I saw people talking about, you know, well, Michael Sam deserves so much better. I was like, hold up. Why are we like comparing these too much? But, 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 but I, I got to stop myself because I am coming from a very different point of view. I am yeah. coming from a very privileged white woman. I, I see things differently and I, I recognize that. And so when I saw these messages, I, I want to be careful that we don't allow that we don't allow one person to take away from another, but we can understand that each person who has allowed these steps to be taken. So I think when we talk yeah. about Carl Nassib, it matters to also mention Michael Sam and to also mention the amount of players who we'll never know about. Right. We'll never absolutely know about that. They, they weren't able or comfortable or felt like they would lose their careers if they came forward and spoke up. Because I think for a lot of I think for a lot of black athletes from the things that I have heard and listened to, Mm -hmm. they feel they have to fit within a certain mold. They have to, they have to essentially speak a certain way. And how many times we hear gosh, I could go on a huge tangent about this, but my point being is that for someone like Michael Sam to not only be a black man, but to be openly gay, mm-hmm. he was walking into a role that in 2014 certainly wasn't probably going to be all that accepting of him. Yeah. Um, and we're in 2021, seven years later. And I'm going to promise you, because I've seen it on Twitter, Carl Nassib is not going to be met with all love. I have right. seen already the comments of people who are like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Why is this news? What does this matter? And it's like, the funny part is, is yeah, why is it news? It's yeah, news it because be, it, yeah. it shouldn't have to be, but it right. is right now because this isn't common. Right. Because, well, and it's not common for it. it the complexities are, are far and wide to be honest. And it, 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 it goes down to individual like, and family and sometimes families aren't accepting. And like, um, I know that the NFL has worked really hard. Um, I'm not sure if they've done like any, I don't want to say training, but like had conversations about, Hey, um, this is why it isn't a big deal and why it shouldn't be. And how we accept and accept all of our players, regardless of any, Extra, I don't know. I don't even know what the words I'm looking for here. I don't want to say extracurricular, but like regardless of whatever is in their personal life, unless they're breaking the law, of course, like that's obviously different, but I just mean like being inclusive and, and accepting of, of everybody. Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is like, I love, so I want to read Michael Sam. So he tweeted 
He tweeted this in response. He, t- he has two tweets in response to Carl Nassib. And he said, Carl Nassib, thank you for owning your truth and especially your donation to the Trevor Project. LGBTQ people are more likely to commit suicide than heterosexuals. I hope and pray people will take note of this. Thank you again, Carl. And I look forward to seeing you play on the field. And then he followed it up. To anyone young or old, black or white, straight or gay, or who are bullied by others, please know this. I stand with you in your time of need and in your hour of triumph. I am your friend. I am your brother. Even though I may never see you, hug you, or kiss you, I love you. The thing is, is like Michael Sam, I, so a little bit of a personal story here, not to center this on me. There's a point here. I remember when Michael Sam came, came forward and shared his truth and was the first openly gay player, um, like I said, he didn't end up on an active yeah. NFL roster, but he was drafted. Uh, he went through training camp. Um, Nebraska has a former player, Eric Lueschen, who was openly gay at the time. It wasn't like public knowledge, but when he was a, a part of Nebraska's roster, the team knew he was gay. And so I, he was actually one of the first stories I ever had the the privilege to tell when I started writing about Nebraska athletics. I had this opportunity to write a story about him for Bleacher Report. And I remember CNN picked it up. And in hindsight, I wish that I had written a better story because I felt like (laughs) uh, if I could write it again, uh, obviously my voice and tone and everything else has changed. You, You grow as an individual, but I'm like, dang. I sounded like a 23 year old writer, however old I was at the time. Um, I guess seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I way undershot my age. Doesn't matter. But I remember thinking about Eric and then I remember thinking about Michael. And now I think about someone like Carl and like we were saying, these are not the only men in NFL locker rooms or in college football locker rooms who are gay. Mm-hmm. There are many people who are are not living, they're not, they don't feel comfortable living their truth yep. within these spaces because they feel that they'll either be judged or, I mean, the, the comments I've seen on Twitter is people who are basically like, good luck being in a locker room now. And like, here's the thing, that is such a, that is such a BS approach because what you're doing is you're basically saying that these people who don't love the way you love, have no control over yep. how they feel. I actually so, saw a TikTok on this the other day. It was from a homosexual man and he was like walking into a locker room at a gym and there was an older gentleman in there who the guy, uh, the the homosexual man was wearing like a, a pride shirt um, that basically, I think it said like I'm gay on it actually, but he walks into the locker room to, I th- whatever he's just going into the locker room and this older gentleman like bristled up and like walked into a stall so that this guy couldn't see him and he goes I'm sorry sir but you're saying to me that because I'm gay I have no impulse control whatsoever like I would be interested in you in the first place sir is what he said and I was just like that's what you're saying to people when you're saying good luck being in a locker room now you're you're saying that your blanket stating that homosexuals have no control over impulse. What are you, I mean, what? So it's, it's not, absurd. aside from being like an incredibly self-centered point of view, I just yeah. want to point something out. Most of the people who give me that, most of the people I saw on Twitter yesterday when this, this story first broke yeah. 
we're we're white men. Yep. Sorry to the white men listening to yep. to just be so blatant, like just to be so brazen with that. But that is just who it was. Yeah. Um, that's not to say they were the only ones. Again, oh man, all that stuff. But like, um, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I want to say this because I want to be very clear. First and foremost, that's very that that's very presumptuous of you to think that you are attractive enough that somebody, no matter how they feel about you, whether they think, whether they are gay or not, that they are interested in you and all it's, it's implying that like you are so irresistible. Yep. Here's the thing. As a woman, I walk into spaces all of the time where men are unable to control themselves, their impulses. They feel the need to catcall or whistle Mm -hmm. or be gross. Um, And there are times where I'm wearing absolutely the worst thing in the world. Like we're talking like baggy sweatpants, baggy sweatshirt. I've got a hat on and somebody still catcalls me. It is very, it is, it's, it's just ironic. The amount of, the, I I almost can promise you a lot of the men who are on Twitter doing that, who are going, oh, imagine a locker room are the same ones that they're are catcalling. catcalling women in Target yep, or catcalling them when they're walking their dogs on the street or right. whatever else or make them feel unsafe. It's the same and, men that think that every single woman on earth finds them irresistible. Like <laughs> it is just it mm. is just bonkers to yep. me that you can think that somebody is, I'm going to be honest with you. I have been in locker room with lock numbers of locker rooms mm-hmm. with women who are, I, I, I've been in a locker room with women who I know are gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and why does that matter? Like, why does it matter? It doesn't like to assume that like a woman, just because she's attracted to other women is suddenly going to be looking at me and unable to control herself. Like, come right. on, right. like, come on. That is what I'm saying when I talked, talked earlier about how it feels that the, like, and I want to be clear, we're not perfect mm-hmm. as women either. We have a long way to go too, but I do feel like there is a little bit more inclusivity on the women's side. Yeah. You see a lot, you see a lot more women who are openly living their truths and doing so doing so very confidently whether they feel that way every day or not um yeah because it's still not easy but why are you so convinced everyone if you're somebody who's so uncomfortable about someone like Carl Nassib being in a locker room why are you so convinced you haven't been in a locker room with plenty of men who are gay yeah and the thing is is they haven't hit on you yet so I don't get it. It's just such a, like, it's honestly, I think a lot of it is fear. I think people, Mm -hmm. I think people, when they don't understand something, they become fearful and fear manifests in a really scary way, especially I think it manifests as hate and it is just such a hateful, it's just a hateful way to live. I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's like the same arguments that people make when they say like, we can't have, we can't have a restroom where somebody who we we can't have, we can't have a transgender individual using the restroom that they identify as because God forbid, it's always women's restrooms that people point out by the way, because God forbid I'm, I'm in the restroom and oh, you could be in a restroom with somebody. It's like, who 
who cares? One, we have stalls in women's restrooms. Do you need them in men's restrooms? Like if y'all need them, like we can put them up. You don't have to just be like hanging out there for everyone in public, I guess. But like at the same time, like I have literally never walked into a space and felt uncomfortable. And if I have, I remove myself from that situation. But like I've... And what I mean is like when I have felt uncomfortable, I want to be clear. The people who make me uncomfortable are typically men. Exactly. It is, it is not like it's just. I, I promise you the people who are commenting and being negative are usually the ones that make me feel uncomfortable as a woman. And they're the same people who tell me to stick to sports. They're yep. the same ones who think that like what I'm doing as far as a job is concerned is probably like I'm never gonna find a husband and have a family because god forbid like I have any like sense of masculinity in my life it's very much and like I I hate to I don't like we're not blanket stating here like statementing here yes it's not all men we get it there the it seems like (laughs) sorry (laughs) in my in my perspective as a woman in this space that there is a very large group of people who think the same way and are the loudest. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're they're wrong on everything, but it comes across that they are the most fearful, the least um, likely to be inclusive of anyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and those are the people when we say, like, talk to your friends mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Because they're always oh. the loudest. They're always the ones that bitch the most. They're always the ones that are just wildly and accurately blanket statementing, statementing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the people that we need to have these conversations aloud in front of. And I think, I think the reality is, is just like I was saying, and like, I, I want to be clear because I always feel like for the record, I know I've said this before on this podcast, but I always feel like I'm like speaking sort of just like words are tumbling out of my mouth. And I hope that I'm speaking, I know it's not eloquent, but like, I hope that I'm making enough of a, a, a point, but I know that I've said things on this podcast where I'm like, if I could go back and say it differently, I would. But that's the thing is like, I hope that the next time I speak about this topic, that my, I, I have done the work and that there is growth there because like I, like I was saying, like as a white woman, I have a very different experience and worldview than, than I, I am, I am, I do not live in this world as a black person. So like, I can't right. sit back and say, I understand. I get it. I, 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 I just don't have that experience that, that world view, that knowledge, but I can listen. And even in the times where I'm like, I don't really get it. The least I can do is just listen. Right. And I feel like, I, f- I feel like I try to come to come come to topics or come to places with as open of a mind as I can, knowing that I'm not perfect. But I think what is hard for me is when I feel like I'm trying to approach things from a place of love or understanding that there are people who just don't want to, but the, the hard part for me is they think they think what they're saying is something that I need to step back and try to understand. But it's, it's more or less like, why can't you meet me here? Why can't you come and see where I might be coming from? Like, yeah. why are you so hesitant? Why are, I guess my fear, my, my question is, is why do you fear change? Why do you fear um, somebody who 
loves differently than you, thinks differently than you, looks different than you? Why are you so fearful of things? Like it's when we talk about when people go, it's not about race and about gender and it's this, but it's about who's most qualified for a job. And I'm sitting here going, yes, exactly. But why are you so fearful of making it easier for a woman or of a person of color to at least be considered for a job? Like it's this, it's this idea of like, I just cannot understand it. And I'm sorry, but it comes from a place of fear. It comes from a place of hate. It's, it's ignorance it's the uh, unwillingness to see things from a different point of view and Absolutely. understand that like the world is, doesn't always operate the way that you see it. And y'all, I get uncomfortable sometimes. I follow a couple of TikTok accounts that speak very openly. So there's a trend. Anyone who listens to this podcast, I swear you're probably like, wait, where are you going with this? But just go with me for a second. There's a trend right now on TikTok of people crying. And when a certain beat drops in the song, they stop crying to show like that they can like turn it on and like make people feel really sorry. And then the second that like they don't need to, they can turn it off. This trend has become very popular with white women. And I remember the first time I saw it, I got really uncomfortable because the person who did it was it was a TikToker that I like mm-hmm. and I follow it. And I remember thinking like, uh, now if you're like, why? It's because white women are dangerous with our tears. Yeah. White women tears are one of the most dangerous things when it comes to black people and people of color. When we turn on the waterworks which white women are really good at, people tend to believe us. Like, I am aware that, like, if I start crying, people are going to feel bad for me. Right. Like, this isn't the point, and I I hate that I'm centering this, but I promise you I'm trying not to. I'm just trying to make a point. But, like, after my accident where I I was hit by a drunk driver and a lot of people were very kind, came to came to like step up. I remember somebody set up a GoFundMe account to help with like immediate medical expenses because you don't realize like even with insurance that stuff doesn't kick in for a while. Um, I was going to be out of work for a period of time. So like I know like people stepped up with like meal trains and all this stuff. And there was a person on the internet who made a comment that at the time I remember I got really defensive about and it hurt my feelings, but I see it differently now. They basically said, it's great that everyone is doing this, but y'all see you're just stepping up really strong for a white woman. And I remember getting really defensive because I didn't, I didn't like go fight back with this person, but I remember in my heart, I was like, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. But then I, I, I'm almost embarrassed by my reaction to this day because I get what they're saying. Yeah. There are so many people who are facing hardships in this country that like, why did anyone care about me? I appreciate that people cared about me and I tried very hard to thank everyone. And I try as a result of that to give the energy that people gave me in that experience back out into the world. I I try really hard to um, hopefully share some of the goodness that people gave to me and go pass that on, but not just to pass it on to people that look like me, but to anybody. But I get it. I get, I get where people were looking at me and going like, of course, like, it's just another, it's just another 
pretty white woman who's crying and people feel bad for her. And I guess my whole point in all of this is like, we have a responsibility when we, we have a responsibility when we have a different, like my, my place of privilege, I have a responsibility to use that and to stand up and speak up for people who don't have that same privilege. Like, so as a straight white woman, like I am going to speak up. If you're going to speak, if you're going to speak hatefully about uh, someone like Michael Sam or Carl Nassib or anybody, or think of any, like any woman who, um, uh, Megan Rapinoe, who like people have, now she doesn't need anyone she she is one strong badass woman but like even then it's just like we have to be willing to be uncomfortable we have to be willing to like step back and go maybe not my my area of expertise maybe not something I understand but I need to be better I need to speak up I need to be supportive I need to like do better here because this stuff is going to be news until we get to a point that it's not. Yeah. And it's not going to, it's always going to be news if we're, we're doing this every time. Yes, exactly. Sorry, that was a long ass way of getting to the point of like, well, and that, use your privilege wisely. And it brings it like full circle because that was the whole point of like, we wanted to talk about this because it's newsworthy, but the point is continuing to have these conversations so it's not as newsworthy if that makes sense. Um, but the reason that we are, we're blessed in the fact that, um, our listeners allow us the space to talk through these things and, and talk about these topics and hopefully normalize them. And hopefully you're having these conversations. We're not trying to like change anybody's mind, but we're trying to open up the conversation because typically when you have conversations, it's easier to wrap your mind around the fact mm-hmm. that maybe in your own life you're not being as inclusive as you thought you were or you didn't realize that you were acting a certain way towards a certain marginalized group of people whether that be people of color or people of the L- LGBTQ plus community or anyone really yeah. but having these conversations is what makes them more bunny ears normal that is the yeah. whole point I love that you said bunny ears because it's the like (laughs) quotation marks. You couldn't see what she was doing, but she was doing the air quotes. And I do kind of look like bunny ears. I just, long story short, I think, I think if your reaction is not when these stories come out to just be happy with somebody that they're getting to live the life that is true to them and is going to allow them to be um, authentically themselves, you have to ask yourself why. Because I... And I guess when I said, like, use your privilege, like, as as somebody who, here's the thing. I want sports to be inclusive. Sports are one of the greatest unifiers. Like, yes. sports bring people together in a way that, like, think of how excited, because it's this thing that brings people together. Everyone is so excited. It, like, makes you, like, ha- like you, you think of all of these athletes that you're so excited to cheer for a Katie Ledecky or um gosh like any of the amazing women who just ran in the uh, track and field uh trials there are so many incredible people but you think of like 
you think of how sports unifies people. Yeah. And sports needs to unify us. And that's why I'm saying like, use your privilege because it can't like, it can't just be comfortable for us. It can't just be safe for us. Like we, we need to be as inclusive as possible because Michael Sam is right. What the Trevor project is doing is trying to, I mean, it is amazing that Carl donated the, what he did to the Trevor project because the Trevor project really is um, trying to make a difference. It's trying to help the fact that like LGBTQ plus individuals do, do tend to commit suicide or take their own lives at a larger rate than any of their straight counterparts. They are the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ plus youth. Um, this, this is, this is the biggest point here is if someone like Carl can save one life where somebody now looks at him and goes, my dreams are possible. I want to play football and I want to do it at a, at a high level. And because of him and because of Michael Sam and because of these individuals who've come before me, I can do it. It might not be easy, which is by the way, where the rest of us come in. And I think what my overall point was, is that instead of weaponizing our privilege against people, using it for good and using it to stand up for people who are not like us. Mm -hmm. Like if you are a, like for me as a white woman, like using my privilege to understand that like people are going to potentially trust me on subjects. So cool. I need to stand up and like say, Hey, don't support this or do support this or I agree with this or don't do that. Like use your voice and it doesn't need to always be screaming on social media. I get it. But sometimes it can just be having a conversation with somebody in your house. Yes. Absolutely. if, if these things are going to save a life and it's going to keep a kid involved in sports, it's going to take them. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like why, why would we be upset with that? Why would we be upset with that? Why would we, I just don't understand, I guess, is why would you be afraid of that? Yeah. Um, I just, I don't understand it either. Um, We, we talk about, a lot of things on this podcast, but I think it's super important to just keep those conversations going because I know that even just by listening sometimes on this podcast, I may, I stumble over my words. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get at, but I hope that it comes across that (laughs) what I'm trying to say, but, but even just having those kinds of conversations where you try to talk through what's going on in your head, like, you discover things about yourself that maybe you didn't realize. And that's why we think Mm -hmm. it's important to continue to have these conversations. Oh, I'm going to just tell you all this. Like I listen back to our podcast and like, I learn a lot of this. I learn a lot from the stuff I hear myself say where I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that. Or, oh, I wish I would have said this. Or I wish I wouldn't have centered. Like I think about like how I center things on myself a lot, which I understand is just like a human reaction is to center things. And I do a lot now to be fair, this is a podcast. Like we are sharing personal experiences at times. So like sometimes it's really hard (laughs) not to have some kind of centering happening, but it is a really good, it is really good for me when I hear back the conversations that I'm having with Sasha. And in my opinion, with all of you, because I do feel like, especially in this last year that this podcast has existed, I do feel like I have grown significantly because conversations that I would often just have in my head or have by myself, I'm now having very openly and there's Mm -hmm. an open documented record of what I think. And you know what? I hope that 10 years from now, when you listen to this or I listen to this, I hope that I am different then. 
I hope that like I have evolved and I have um, continued to be an ally and I hope that I'm a better ally. If I'm exactly the same 10 years from now as I am today, I have done something wrong because I promise you I'm a much different person today than I was 10 years ago. And that's what the goal should be is that we should keep growing and evolving and changing. And isn't that, isn't that like what we're all trying to do is just the point of life a better place. Yeah. For sure. No, I I 100% agree with that. I, I'm not even the same person I was a year ago. Like, uh, there's always room for growth. I don't care if I don't, I really don't care who you are. Everybody has room to grow, big or small. And you know what, we talk a lot about like, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone and listening to things. So that's why we always appreciate everyone listening to this. And we've heard from some of you who are like, I don't always agree with everything that you're saying, but like, I respect where the conversation goes and can at least like, it challenges me a little bit. I I encourage you again, we've always said share this podcast, but I encourage you to go find podcasts that challenge like more podcasts, go or not even a podcast, find a book that challenges you're thinking and it can be something I'm going to just bring this up really quick. Um, Sasha co-hosts another podcast podcast called meathead test kitchen. And it's two women, her and Sadie talking um, about anything and everything when it comes to fitness, nutrition, health, um, mental health, all of it. And I love it. But like, I really would recommend if you are a, if you are a man listening to this podcast and you're looking for workout tips and inspiration, I really listen to that podcast. Now you might sit there and go like, I don't feel super comfortable. Like sometimes like men don't want to listen to women speak. Mm. Please do step outside your comfort zone because I'm going to tell you, I have learned so much from them. Like, I appreciate that. I, I use that as an example yeah. because they recently had a TikTok kind of like go viral <laughs> and they had a lot of men mansplaining things to them. That's not what our goal is here is it's not to like try to speak over people and to try to tell people like you don't know what you're talking about. It's to listen right. to to maybe listen to people who don't think like you. Yes. Um, maybe listen to people who don't look like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't see why that's a bad thing. And if you ultimately are like, Hey, you know, like this podcast, it's not my cup of tea. Maybe I, it's not my thing. I don't want to, this isn't whatever. Cool. As long as you gave it a chance and right. like, I don't know, I, I'm probably just now rambling, but that's my point. It's just like, if you're not constantly challenging yourself, I, I think about this quite a bit, but if you're not challenging yourself, you're not, we're all human. We're not going to be perfect at, well, anything, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But the fact that you keep trying and showing up for yourself to gain knowledge for yourself and make yourself uncomfortable, like that's all, that's the only way that I've grown as much as I have in even the last five years of time, I really had to challenge myself. I had to be willing and open to exploring, listening to, and having conversations about things that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, even like, even the conversation today, I feel like y'all, if I have spoken out of turn or if I've said something incorrectly, or if I've spoken about the LGBTQ plus community incorrectly, like I am so sorry. Like these are the things where I will keep learning. Um, I know Sasha, both of us will keep learning and Mm. we will keep listening and growing. But like, I think at the end of the day, our point is always clear is that sports sports are diverse and we need to be inclusive in this space because it is not serving any of us. If we try to make sports, it it doesn't serve anyone. If sports only looks like the world that we see sports is the great unifier, but only if we allow it to be. And 
I think too often we chase people out of this industry, whether it's in media or the athletes themselves, because they just are coaches because we don't give them chances, which by the way, Becky Hammond seems like she's very likely going to be an NBA head coach here soon. Let's, let's not scare people away from this industry. Let's not scare people away from this. Let's invite people in. Let's, let's allow people to live in this space a hundred percent authentically themselves, no matter what that looks like. And if you are somebody who I know we say this a lot, but if you're a white man, that shouldn't be scary to you. It should just make this world more inclusive. Like that includes you. That includes you. (laughs) It doesn't negate you. It does not take you away from the space. It includes you. It just includes a lot of people as well. That's really it is. It's just, it's, just making the world more inclusive and that's really whenever we talk about it that's I know we talk about that a lot on this but that's really my big hopes and dreams for sports is I just want to someday look back and when my children look at sports they feel like anything is truly possible for them no matter what exactly you guys have any we'll get there I think that we will too it's just like continuing to have the conversations and listening and yeah (sighs) were you going to give the email address I was but if you guys have any questions, comments, um, high fives you want to send via email, you can send them to uh, mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. You can find Aaron and I on Twitter at Aaron Sorensen and at Sasha72. <laughs> I finally got it. Um, we obviously, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. Like, rate, re- uh, review. It comes straight to your phone if you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. And if you like, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, go subscribe on Spotify yeah. or like, go like, listen everywhere and, you know, share it. And also, yes, sincerely, shoot us an email, mind your own podcast at Gmail, or Gmail at hailvarsity.com. I always want to do that. And I think it's because my gut reaction, similar to like the Las Vegas Raiders and the oh. Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> is just to like, always say gmail we have evolved we have an at hail varsity (laughs) but no we'd love to hear from you is there a certain topic you want to talk about is there a certain guest that you'd like to have on it doesn't have to be necessarily sports related because like we say all the time we're sticking to sports except when we don't really feel like it which is a lot of times right um but yeah let us know because we are getting really close to one year of this podcast so like Mm. let's let's keep kicking this up a notch what do you want to hear about what do you feel is missing in this space shoot us a note because at this point, there is no topic off limits. Let's exactly. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Well, to all of you, thank you as always for listening. Um, we really appreciate you. And we will be back next Wednesday. And at this point, the world of sports just keeps. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, it won't be. Maybe we'll finally talk about name, image, and likeness. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I know. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.